All right. Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dad's podcast. Welcome to the place I talk about a lot of dad and family stuff, a lot of topics that deal with my kids and things that I deal with and go through on a regular basis, plus a lot of things that I just find interesting and helpful, hopefully, to you guys out there. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening today. Now, today is a special episode, and by the title, you probably already know that. I actually got the very talented Gina Grad to come on my podcast and promote her new book, My Extra Mom. And we sit down and we have a great conversation, almost an hour long. We talk about a lot of different things from parenting, being products of divorce, and taking a real deep dive on her new book, which actually is out today, the 17th of February. So get it bought, get it in your cart, order it, leave a review on it, help her out. Let's pump those numbers up like McConaughey says. The book actually wasn't supposed to come out until the 21st, but I'm noticing on Amazon that it's available now. So go out there and buy it, like I said, and uh, let's uh, show Gina some love. Anyways, let's just dive into this awesome episode, and uh, thank you for listening. All right. I am so excited to welcome a very special guest to my podcast today. This is somebody that has been in the podcast realm forever. I've been listening to you for years She's been on the Easy Listening podcast. She's been on Adam Curla podcast for years, as well as many years in radio as well. With uh, who were you on the radio with? You were in radio with oh, Tom Tim Conway Con- Jr. Yeah, Tim, Tim Conway, Conway Jr. Jr. Yeah, forever. And a ton of other people. Well, welcome to the show, Gina Grad. Thank you. This is exciting. I love your studio. It's way nicer than mine. This is a closet. Yep. In my basement. Yep. That has uh, been sufficing for now. It's a little rough with packing blankets and whatever else I have no, around it, here. But. Um, I don't know if you can see what we have. We have cheap old mattress foam. <laughs> so I'm telling you, this is how the real radio dogs do it. So you're this doing it, it absolutely right. And you will never convince me that you're claustrophobic. <laughs> right. This is a, a very confined space in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've been in radio for almost 20 years. Is that true? Yeah, since uh yeah, 17 years since 2006. Holy and cow. not not counting college cuz everyone was just high and like ordering pizzas on the radio and then we eventually got fired. We would put on really long albums and then sleep underneath the table. So that does not count. Um but yeah, 2006 I started at 97.1 that was when we used to have FM talk stations. So it was basically mm. 24 hours a day of like jock talk morning show radio and it was awesome and we had the best time and uh adam Kroll was over there i was on at night we had it was it was the wild west it was so much fun and then stuck with it i co-hosted a morning show and i was with adam for eight years and it's just kind of like what i do most of the time it's a it's a a normal every day for you now. This is yeah. new for me, but this that was it's been your life for a very yeah. long time. My uh, let's say my almost my entire adult life for when I started feeling like an adult. Wow, what got you into radio? How did you get into radio? Oh, pure nepotism. Um, not really. I always joke about that, but um, my dad was a sports announcer on the radio and um, my entire life, his entire life. And so I always knew it was a job. I know nothing about sports. I care nothing about sports. But I knew that talking on the radio was a job that was attainable because that's what he did for a living. So um, 
again, I, I hated sports. I, I still don't. I just I, I respect it. I just don't get it. Watch a right. lot of basketball with my husband. But it is God bless if that's what you're into. Um, but I was working out here in retail on Rodeo Drive. And like every day wanted to like jerk the wheel into a, like a, a, a lamppost. I just, it was not a good job for me. It was not a good fit. So I begged my dad to pull some strings to get me an interview at 97.1 where I ended up working. And he said, no problem. I'll do what I can. And this is where the nepotism comes in. Um, right off the bat, I was given the glamorous job of working a phone screening overnights for the public access show. Ooh. So when people say that um, I'm only doing this because my daddy got me involved. Um, it was, you know, the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. This is like the dirt that the barrel sits on. <laughs> so I did that for a long time and I loved it. I just loved that I could say I was in radio and then kind of clawed my way up from there. <laughs> oh my gosh. I imagine you dealt with some very interesting phone calls and awful people, even Ooh. prank stuff and just... I don't know. I can imagine that's a, a hellacious job to start well, out in radio. It's it's funny you should say that because, yes, especially when you're working overnights for a public access show, it brings out the people like like between the cracks, you know, in the sidewalk. But um, but also I have to admit, especially looking back, people that like genuinely love radio, no matter how uh, e eccentric they might be, they're listening because they've been up all night listening because they love the comfort of the radio. And that's something I always identified with. I, I'm not really a big music listener. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when people are just like, I still like music, you're insane and you're probably psychotic and we should all be afraid of you. But I don't really... I've never, even as a kid, I listened to stories. I like stand-up comedy. Um, I liked AM radio because they talked to me. Now, obviously, we have podcasts. But when I'm like walking or relaxing, I'm never listening to music. I always want someone in my ear. So I get those people. And I always have a, a special place in my heart for them because I am them. Right, right. And speaking of podcasts and stuff like that, I've listened to you for years. And I think I saw Chris Loxamana last year when they had a road show and they came here to indiana and i actually went and said to him i said i feel like i know you and it's even like you like i'm hearing your voice yeah. and I, i've heard you for years and it's like i feel like i know you but you have no idea who in the hell i am but i have that connection <laughs> so it's kind of interesting that yes. you know how people like that talk radio and it gets very intimate and it gets you know you can you can really immerse yourself into that story that they're telling Absolutely. And I get it completely because, like I said, we're the same. I am you. I listen to all the podcasts. I listen to everyone on the radio. I, I do the same thing. And I feel like I can speak on their behalf because I listen to them every I know who they are. But right. I think most of us are really, really genuine. So when you say you know me, you know me. <laughs> this is there's there's only one there's only one version and you've been listening to it every day. So you definitely know me. Oh, well, great. <laughs> now, I know we could talk about radio and podcasting for probably two hours, but <laughs> that is not why you're here today. You're actually here because you're adding something else to your list of accomplishments, and that is a book. You are now an author. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm so excited. This is something that's been in the works for two years, so it wasn't just like 
Uh, somebody asked me like, oh, so you stopped working on the Adam Carolla show six weeks ago and wrote a book. I was like, oh, wow, no, that was quick. No. Yeah, I was I'm, I'm not that good. This <laughs> this has been coming for a long time. And Adam has been so wonderful about supporting it and loves the theme. I wrote a book called My Extra Mom because I'm a stepmom. And I when I went to go get some books uh, for kids about, the you know, the step parent relationship, they didn't exist. Right. I found nothing. The closest thing I found was a book from the 80s called Dinosaurs Divorce. And that wasn't even remotely what I was looking for. Right. So and, I wrote it myself. That's awesome. That's congratulations again. That is that is a Thank cool feat you. to do. I'm excited. So tell me a little bit about your book. What is what's going on between those covers? Well, it's it's my whole point of writing it was kind of threefold and um I, the reason why it, it's it, the reason why I, it it's a children's book it looks like a children's book it's very cartoony the pictures are gorgeous okay. be, and i can say that because one of my dearest friends designed them and she's 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 a genius but um there's a lot more going on because there was a lot more that i like i said i was looking for at the library and at the bookstore and i didn't find it so i made it and those those things were a normalizing a new adult coming into a kid's life, which is very weird and very scary. I know because I was that kid mm -hmm. um, giving the new parents some ideas of what the hell to do with this kid, especially if you don't have kids, which I do not. Um, so I was just feeling my way in the dark. And this is my way, even if you have kids or they're older or they're, you know, whatever, a different gender, a different age, um, giving some new parents an idea of ways to bond with that kid. And for the, let's just say in my case, the dad, because this is about being a stepmom, but don't worry, another version's coming. Um, giving the dad uh, a bit of a bridge so he can be like, hey, you know how Gina's been hanging around? Well, let me uh, give you this as a conversation starter. So okay. I really hope, and I'm sorry, four things, saving the best for last, because this was very important to me, very important to me, giving the biological mother um, a sense of security and not feeling um, that there was a threat to that primary relationship right. of the mom. So important. That is why I called it my extra mom. Very, very, very important to me. And frankly, through folklore and generations and centuries, how long has the stepmom been villainized? It's it's an easy scapegoat to say this woman is coming into a life to destroy a family and take the money and beat the kids and not yep. let Cinderella go to the ball and eat the poison apple and keep her in the thing with the long hair. I mean, we've. <laughs> We've we've experienced this our whole life. It's inside of us. So I'm just trying to do a teeny tiny little part to change that. That is that is really honorable and pretty amazing that you took that step to kind of create this when you went to a bookstore and a library and there is nothing out there. Yeah. And if your stepson is anything like my two girls, they don't want to read books from the 80s with the old crusty covers <laughs> and the, the not the great. Uh, illustrations yeah, everything and stuff is like, like that, that. It, they don't Thank want it you. and god bless these artists were amazing and they had their moment but you're right the way kids are used to looking at pictures now they don't want mm -hmm. pastel watercolors they want big bright nintendo colors i know because i live with one of them so thank you <laughs>
So how many how many years have you been in your stepson's life? How how did that start or when did that start? Over five. So he was he was two when okay. I came into his life. So I don't think he's going to remember much of a life uh, before I entered the picture. Oh, wow. That's 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 kind of good, too. When you get in, not good. That should retract that statement. But <laughs> when they're younger, it might be a little bit easier to bond with them versus it could i imagine it could be a little bit more difficult when it's a 12 or a 13 year old that's a really insightful observation because that's how i how old i was when i had a step parent and boy you're you hit the nail right on the head because you're not willing to do that you have other issues you have identity issues you have anger issues you have moving through the world issues social pressure so you're you're very right um now Joining a family already in progress with a two-year-old oh. is also has its challenges. There's a whole I, other side to that. Yeah. Dude, they, they call them. I mean, I get it. Like, I get the terrible twos. Like, they're not only are they just little like balls of, of like emotion because they don't have language, but they're finally learning their first and favorite word. No. <laughs> so I was scared. <laughs> and also, like, I am deeply afraid of children. I've been a camp counselor. I was a camp counselor for eight years. I love coming in. I I, I was a, a teacher in Greece and taught music and English. And I love coming in and being like the star of the show and then whisking out like Mary Poppins. Having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a kid is so scary to me. And I, like anyone who's a middle school teacher, like, are you made of armor? Those kids are horrible. Like they're mean. Right. They were so mean to me. And like, they're so mean to each other and I'm scared of them. And they think they're, they, 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 they look down on me. Like I'm some inferior moron adult and they're right. <laughs> so I was really scared. And frankly, sometimes I still am. Right. It's uh, kids are scary. And they're I don't, scary. people don't realize, especially people that probably don't have kids. They don't understand how scary children can be no. or how honest and hurtful they can be as well. That's a whole it, other topic, but that's it. And that's the thing. If you have any issues with rejection, by all means, don't hang out with a child because right. it's all rejection. And yeah. they're again, they're just being honest. They know not what they say, but we come with so much baggage over so many years that I am afraid of the rejection I would get from a two year old. And that's just the truth. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Do you discuss some of your successes and mistakes you have made along the way in your book? Um, actually, no. That would be um another book that that I'm working on. This is for me. This is purely introductory. This is purely. I'm a little boy. I have this extra mom. Here are the things she does with me. Okay. It's very, very. Um, the the very first step in in a long series of things that I'm that I'm interested in putting out there because like I said I haven't really seen them. You see them a lot for adults. It's a lot of like experts pulling over adults for side conversations and mm. being like, "Now go try it." I want to go right to the kids. I I just feel like it's it's an angle that's the, a hole that needs to be filled. Um, so this is purely introductory. We don't talk about. Um, you know, the the challenges that's that's going to be another book. This is just getting a kid used to the idea of a stranger coming in and joining a family. Some of those those immediate first steps 
in this process to kind of exactly. set them at ease, right? Exactly. So although that this is a kid's book, do you think adults or parents could kind of resonate with some of the things that you talk about in there too? A hundred percent. In fact, um, just to make a little compromise, I'm holding up the book. I uh, I did do something similar to what I just said, the, hey, you come here, but it's only one page. I, I included a note to the grownups about oh, cool. why I wrote it and why I think it's important. Um, I And I also specifically chose a font that was maybe a little teeny tiny tough for a kid to read ah. because it's really just for the parents. It's it's in italics yeah. and it's kind of not, it looks maybe a little cursive even though it's not because that's not where the book starts for them, but it's where the book starts for the adults. And I just, like I said, I want the both parents to be at ease that this is something that can help bridge the uh the conversation about having a new person come into their life and for mom this is nobody is trying to replace you we're just trying to add to the love and the security that you're already giving and providing that's great that's really that's really really great on the description i read through amazon on your amazon page you mentioned that the book makes suggestions on how to foster security and confidence in young children who are being introduced like you just said right and i really think you hit that nail on the head as well. I come from a family of divorce. You just said that a little bit ago that you were also a family yep. of divorce. How how did you deal with that when you were a child? Um so remember the 80s? All too well. All too <laughs> okay. well, yeah. Uh yeah, the things we talk about now were not talked about in that that 80s and 90s. At least for me. Um, you know, I, it's so funny to me. Like, I don't judge it. I actually, I, I think it's wonderful. It's like, I'm, I feel like I'm an alien that just landed here when people talk about like wellness and mental health and like neurodivergencies and all, I'm like, we're allowed to talk about this in public. Like I was deeply ashamed of my ADD, which nobody had ever heard of. And you'd have to hand them a piece of paper to explain what that meant and Ritalin and you know, is it meth? Is it not meth? And <laughs> divorce and the shame around it. And what do I tell people? Well, tell them that dad's on a trip. Like there was, it was all about covering your tracks. Yeah, the not, image almost, right? Oh, yeah. And I mean, I'm not talking about the 60s. I'm talking about the 80s and the 90s. We just weren't, we we didn't bring these kind of things into the light. So, um, you know, like to my stepson talking about like he has he has kids at a school with two dads and like, it's just, it ain't no thing. Like, it's just, it's just a, a, a brighter, colorful, more uh, accepting world. It's, it's, it's amazing. So um, I, that was my long way of saying I did not reap the benefits right. <laughs> of a real um, sort of, uh, you know, easy co-parenting situation or even being allowed to talk about divorce. It was, it was a, a little bit of a scarlet letter, even for the kid. Mm -hmm. So um, I think, you know, like people always say, like that you're supposed to say to your parents, you know, when you're in therapy and, you know, you're starting, you get through all the anger and all the crap, you say, did you do your best with the tools you had at the time? And nine and a half times out of 10, the answer is always yes. Right. So you can't, time travel and you know beat your parents up for not knowing what we know now we just know it looked really different right yeah i my parents got divorced i must have been four or five 
Mm. And then they both went on to remarry. So I was a little bit younger, a little bit more naive. But yeah, I've got the step parents now and I've got step siblings and I have a half brother and I have the whole mixed bag. And yeah, I mean, huge family. Yeah, it's, you know, Christmas is great. Christmas is (laughs) when I was a child. Christmas is wonderful. You know, you get things from here, you get things from there. But it was still weird. You didn't really know where you were going in your life. You didn't know whose house you're going to be at. It's just a a very strange time for me anyways. And how do you feel your parents handled it at the time, knowing what we didn't know then? I think they did. I think they did. Like you said, they did the best they could. And they try to shield you from whatever, quote unquote, bad things were happening. And... You know, I, and I still don't know really to this day what happened back then. I don't really want to open that. I don't really want to know. I'll just it's leave. It's not for you. No, nope, it's, it's not for, for you. me. And I, yeah. that's a good, that's a very good way to put that. And we moved when I was young, we moved different states. So we were mm. very far apart. I remember traveling mm. to my dad's on an airplane, you know, for two wow. or three weeks at a time yeah. when we were young. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a weird time not to go down the somber and sad route, but it no, was, it was but weird. That's, I'm glad you, I mean, thank you for sharing that because that's the truth. And that's exactly, that's exactly what, what my purpose is and what I hope this book represents. It is weird. And the kid, my kid doesn't, he doesn't see himself in a lot of the other kids in school mm-hmm. and he has a weird schedule and it's not always perfect, but you know what? Like it's not, you know, the, the primary parents are often going through a lot. And it's not like the, I'm I'm saying every stepmom has to fly in like Mary Poppins and save the day. I'm just saying like, why not be another safe space? What could right. it hurt? It's free. It's infinite. There's no reason not to to be there and make them feel a little more secure. Yeah, it, it's, it's free. It doesn't cost anything to no. be a, a good human and, you know, show those things to a young child like that. Exactly. So I I was researching before we got on here and I found a study. I was just searching on Google from someone from Hunter College. I'll link it in the description in case anybody wants to check it out. But the study said that stepchildren are more likely to experience depression, anxiety Mm -hmm. and behavioral issues than the more traditional family. Have you encountered any of those effects in your personal situation? I was going to say, growing up, I had all of them. I, <laughs> I, I went around the world with all of it. Um, but with this guy, I don't know. It's so funny. My stepson is so much like tougher and like world weary and like intelligent than I was. I don't know. I don't know if it's just generational. I, it's mm-hmm. it's weird. Like he's just he just has a thicker skin than I did. So I know that you know he's. I know that he struggles because he's human and he's a kid and you can't, you know, it to, for me to say, no, no, he's perfect. Everything's fine is me putting blinders on to another person who's been through a lot. But he's just he's just so much better at navigating it than I ever was. Yeah. And that's I, pretty, that's I, I that's a why. huge thing to say for. Uh, what is he seven? He said, is he yeah, seven? Now? Se- yeah. Well, he, he really wants to make sure that, you know, that he's seven and three quarters, seven and three quarters. Yeah, so he's almost eight. Okay, well, I have a daughter who is five and a half. I should probably nice. add the half and uh, eight, eight and a half. So got it. He's sandwiched right in between there. That's, that's kind of neat. So, <laughs> so how does co-parenting kind of fit into all this, or 
dealing with, and I don't want to say dealing, you did mention it earlier, and I don't want to say dealing with, that sounds yeah. kind of crass and not yeah. very um, nice, but co-parenting with your husband, of course, but also with your stepson's mother. How does that kind of fit in here? Yeah, I know that the situation is uh, different for everybody. And I know that there is the whole spectrum when it comes to like best friends and you show up in matching shirts or, you know, people that are constantly in court or, you know, and everything in between. For our situation, we're just we're we do it very separately. And I think that in some ways it's challenging, but in some ways I think it makes it easier to say, you know, when you're at this house, you follow these rules. When you're at that house, you follow those rules. It's it's very simple. You don't have to split yourself into two people. You're just Mm -hmm. in two different environments and you 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 just do it separately. Um, And I think that it's in my situation anyway, it's important that I leave a lot of the um, co-parenting to my husband um, because, you know, too too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, I don't want any I I don't want to. make anything more difficult or, you know, a game of telephone where something gets completely blown out when it, you know, when I could have just stepped back. So I let my uh, my husband handle that. And I think it works out better for both of us. Yeah, just kind of take a little bit of a step back and let him yeah. be the primary and, and you can assist where you can assist or where you feel like you are needed almost. Absolutely. I don't think there's any, I think it's, it's such a delicate dance and I have really, I mean, just being in it and now knowing what I put the extra women in my life through, it's, (laughs) it's such a, it's such a delicate dance that you really, it's really hard to understand unless you sit down with someone and, and find out their experience. So I really do appreciate you uh, having this conversation with me. Yeah, this is really, really nice. And this actually brings me to another topic that we kind of brushed on a little bit. And I'm curious about because I'm not going to lie, I was quite hard on my stepmom, who is still my stepmom. And when I was young, and I'd go visit my dad, I remember this one time, my sister and I flew out there, and we must have been nine or 10, you know, little balls of resentment, probably. And my dad and my stepmom were there, we were eating dinner. And I decided i don't know why to eat like a caveman and be this (laughs) lunatic child and just make a mess and make gross noises and have zero manners and like i was the nightly entertainment and i have no idea why i did this but looking back i was like wow that was really disrespectful to my dad and my stepmom who i remember (laughs) she was there and she was just looking at me just just looking she didn't really say anything and it was maybe because she felt like she couldn't say anything. And I don't know, I just that that memory is just burned into my head of us doing that. Uh, and so I don't know, do you get a lot of pushback or how do you deal with the pushback from your stepson? And how has that evolved over your relationship? Well, first, let me just time travel with you and say, if that is the worst of your transgressions, you were an angel. And I I think at the time it was probably super annoying, but it's also kind of funny. Okay, Um, well, good. (laughs) I've been worried about Um, this for my whole life, see? Yeah, I would, I would, I would gently and happily let that go because I think it's pretty funny. Um, But yeah, if if you, if you left their house without new holes punched in the wall and furniture broken, then I'd say you did pretty well. I, I've, I've heard stories. I have a lot of friends (laughs) in this situation. Um, So in terms of as pushback from my guy, my little guy, um, you know, I have been, 
I guess I would say pretty lucky, but also I think my husband and I have just worked really hard. And also, you know, he's he's always been there. Mm-hmm. I've always been there in his life. So in terms of like, you know, you're not my mom or don't tell me what to do. Right. I, I've i been really lucky with that. Um, And maybe it's because, you know, I go out of my way to make sure he knows that my job is not to replace anybody. My job is to keep you safe and have some fun while you're in this house. So it, it it's not perfect. And I'm happy to use my prison warden voice. Um, <laughs> I have very few qualms about that at this point. A lot of, hey, that's not OK with, Ooh, with yeah. the base. I know yep. it's not. I mean, it'll stop you. It's like Caesar Milan with the t- <laughs> to get the to to redirect the dog. Yep. Um. So yeah, we don't do a lot of a lot of voice raising, but I'll give you a hey. That's not okay. Uh. You know, if 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 necessary. Um. But overall, I think that one of the biggest reasons I don't get a lot of that from him, maybe the two biggest reasons are a. I think we model, if I do say so, my husband and I model like a pretty good relationship here. A lot of laughing. You've heard me laugh. I mean, yep. it's just it's it it breaks windows. Like I love it. I love it. A, a lot of cackling in this house. A lot of silliness in this house. So we're modeling a relationship where two people get along really well. And I think that I think that that's really important. And also, I think Dad, my husband, I think I think he backs me up. Mm-hmm. You know, we it's important for us to tell this little guy that you're never going to be able to pit us against each other. Now, does he? totally they always try yeah yeah can i have chips no we're eating in 10 minutes and then he like does a cartoon sneak away into the office and well dad said i could but when it comes (laughs) to the big stuff even if i don't if this is the first time hearing of it i can look at my husband with half a second and know what his answer was so not undermining each other and modeling a good relationship i think i've just been really lucky in the no pushback now again he's seven Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll get to the 12s and 13s and 14s and, well, you're not my mom and it's going right. to hurt and I'm going to need the tools to deal with it. But I haven't experienced it yet. That's yeah. And I think that goes back to to your parenting styles. Like you said, you're both on the same team. Yes. You work together. You model behavior that you want to see from him yes. within yourself. And I think that's where kind of some things go haywire. You tell a kid to do do this, but then you turn, you know, hey, get off your tablet. And then yeah. mom and dad's picking up their phone, you know, or, or whatever. That's a pretty basic example. But yeah. it's like those things in but the like, whole yeah, house. do as I say, not as I do yep. for any human brings a lot of resentment. Like, why should I listen to you? You can't even do it. Right. You know, so I think you're absolutely right about that. Why are you eating chips when you just told me I couldn't have chips? Like, what the hell? Now, I do have an answer for that. I can't remember exactly how he said it, but I don't know if you're a Breaking Bad fan. But yes. uh Mike Ehrmantraut, played by Jonathan Banks, who's like one of my favorite characters of all time, like the bald, like old, like gruff, just killer who just doesn't (laughs) have time for your nonsense. When he's babysitting his granddaughter and makes her wear goggles when they're like soldering something. And she goes, well, why don't you have to wear goggles? And he says something effective, because I'm old and I'm allowed to be stupid and I'm allowed to make bad decisions. (laughs) Whatever he said, I say that to my little guy and it always makes him laugh. I'm like, because I've I'm old. I've made my mistakes. I need to make sure you don't make them. And it always makes him laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. <laughs> so when you started dating your now husband, were you a little apprehensive because he had a child or how was that whole dynamic in the beginning? You know, it's interesting. I have a 
of sort of a micro and macro answer off the top of my head for that. Um, yes, I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was scared for all of the reasons that maybe sometimes we're too ashamed to say. I was I was scared for reasons that I remember being scared as a kid. I was scared for will we be able to foster financial security? Mm-hmm. Will we will you have time for me? These are things that a kid asks of a parent and we we all ask of loved ones. Will I feel secure? Will I feel worthy of your time? And I think that I struggled with that because it brought up a bunch of old stuff for me. Um, but it's funny. I don't remember everything I say. Thank God. <laughs> but um, and at least there's not 20 years of recordings of it. Yeah, right. But it's so funny. Two of my dear friends who I don't think had this I had this conversation with them together. So I must have said it more than once after Andy and I got married, said to me at different times. It's so funny because you said you wanted to be a stepmom. And I was like, I did? Like, yeah, we've had this conversation. So it sounds like something I would say. Um, so in some ways, I think I was excited. I I never really planned on having my own children. It's I'm a very squeamish person. I My hat's off to all the ladies that carry a zygote to a full-size human being with a formed skull crazy inside of them it's just it's it it's not something that's ever particularly interested me but i have so much maternal love to give (laughs) that i think that this is just kind of the right role for me yeah i like that it's just you know birth is weird why did i say that but it's It's weird it's 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 a big deal yeah nature is yeah it's a major surgery like, it's not just like I, I have I have more respect. I am so pro women, pro fertility, pro, you know, reproduction, pro planned parenthood, pro anything that is right for the woman, because I know it is not for the faint of heart. I see it. I get it. I don't know. I've always had this block inside me that it's not something I need to experience. Now, that being said, especially at this age, I have a dear friend who's fostered to adopt, who's about to adopt, which gives me like a lump in my throat every time I think about it. I'm so excited. I have friends that uh, were given somebody else's eggs and embryos. And I have and I'm a stepmom. Like there's so many ways to give this love that I'm just I'm I'm fine with it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think I think this type I lost my train of thought here. Anyways, moving on here. I have that effect on people. Yeah. I ran a little. <laughs> I was going to say I think the focus of this type of family is primarily on how the kids are doing and how the kids are feeling and how their transition is, you know, affecting them, which is really good and that's what your book is about. But I don't want to forget that there is an adult there, too. There's the new step parent there, too, that is going through this crazy lifestyle change as well. And what you went through when you started dating your husband. Yeah, it's not easy, but it's cool. You know, it's and it really just depends on how willing you are to be a part of the process, how willing your partner is to allow you to be part of the process. There is a type of step parenting that I became aware of called nachoing. And it is a real term and a lot of people do it. And I was like, well, why is it nachoing? Apparently it's because they're nacho kids. (laughs) So stay out of the way, Uh, you know, um, with love, you know, 
I'm trying to think of a not therapy term because I've been in therapy for so many years. Uh, but like decathect, um, you know, take a step back mm-hmm. and um, let let the primary parents handle it. You can be, you know, like the fun adult that lives in the house, but you are not you do not have to do the parenting. And that works for a lot of people. Yeah, um, it it it's not so much how we roll, but there are times where I do take advantage of that, like. If it's a Saturday morning and the little guy wants to get up and watch TV, dad, have at it. See at 11. I'm not I don't feel guilty. You know, he had he doesn't need two people watching him watch TV or two people pouring the cereal. So at times like that, I say like that, that that sounds like a you job, dad. But. Otherwise, you know, I cook the dinner every night. I help with the homework every night. There are things that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And you just have to, I think, as a stepmom, you know, you talked about how it can be difficult. I've made all of the mistakes. And frankly, maybe someday when I'm not so ashamed of some of them, I will put them in, you know, in word form so other people can, you know, feel less alone. But I've made mistakes that haunt me, you know, Mm -hmm. the snapping or the emotional outburst or the crying or the, you know, things that I, I didn't know what I was doing. And none of us did. We just moved into this house. We're all bumping heads. And I'm really, I'm ashamed of it. My therapist says, no, 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 no. You did the best with the tools you had. I mean, it's not like I put anyone through a wall, but (laughs) I, you know, I I raised my voice and and you see a flash of fear in another, in a little person who's, you know, doesn't like a big person, you know, shouting at them across the room, like, hey, stop it in a way that doesn't have love in it. And it's, it makes me recoil to think about. It. I know all parents have been there. Yeah, I've it. been there. I know. Yep. You've and seen that the little flicker of fear in their eyes, and you just, you just want to walk into the ocean with rocks in your pockets and never come back. I'm just so ashamed. But, but we've all done it, and we're all trying. And I think just to keep trying and leading with patience, mostly for yourself. Mm-hmm. In this process, obviously patience with a kid, because I just heard this from a woman I love uh, on online. Dr. Becky, I think, says my kids have a hard time not giving me a hard time. And if we remember that instead of, well, they're just doing this to piss me off or they're just doing this to they don't know how to manipulate. Not no. like that. Not in a nuanced way that we learn as adults. They might manipulate for an extra cookie. They're not trying to like sabotage your emotional well-being. <laughs> they don't get that's not you're giving yourself too much credit. Right. So just trying to find out where I fit in the house, um, stepping up when my husband needs me to backing away when my husband needs me to. It's 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 a dance and we get better at it every day. But it was a really tough start. And I I show my little guy every day how much I love him and I can see in his eyes. It gets me choked up. Like maybe he doesn't know it or he doesn't have the words for it, but like I can see that he forgives me mm-hmm. for my mistakes. And I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, I've I've apologized to my kid, both my kids. Yeah. And yeah. And I don't I don't want to say I don't remember that as a child, but I, I don't remember I don't remember <laughs> that as a child. Where I'm like, that's definitely new. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, I really lost my temper yes. earlier when I freaked out because you did A, B, C or D. Yeah. And I shouldn't have acted like that. Right. And I've yes. I've done that because I think as a, you mentioned, as a as parents and step parents and just parents in general, we will pop off and blow up. Yes. And then we'll be like, oh, my gosh, I shouldn't. You know, you know and we we reflect or when you put the kids to bed and you're you're sitting on the couch and 
and you're just reflecting on the things that happened through the day and you're like, oh, I wasn't my best version today, yes. which is okay. We're yes. going to all have those. We're going to have mistakes, but I don't know. It's good to kind of think of them and <sighs> maybe try to change them. I'm so glad you said that. I think that so many people see apologizing to anyone mm -hmm. as a sign of weakness. And now the other person has the upper hand. And we get now as parents in this generation that it's the exact opposite. It does it 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 doesn't breed resentment. Like we said, it's not do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. My yes, I'm so glad you said that. I can't tell you now it's become kind of a joke, but um my husband will call my son into the room to say, hey, come here. I want you to see this. Um, honey, I apologize to me. I apologize when I interrupted you or did whatever. Um, I shouldn't have done that. I was in a hurry. I can see that that hurt your feelings and I'm sorry. And he goes, OK, now go play. Because he, <laughs> when we talk about modeling good behavior, I don't know yeah. if it's good, bad, right or wrong. But mm -hmm. my husband is so confident that, you know, that the apology is is authentic and we want to model that for him, for a little guy. And it 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 does so much inner healing to get mm. uh, an authentic apology from someone. And kids, kids are constantly torturing each other. And we go, just go over there and say you're sorry. Like, sorry. <laughs> you know, that's good enough for most of us because we all just want to move on. But when they can see how it's done, mm -hmm. it's a game changer. Yeah, I mean, you just mentioned modeling behavior earlier, modeling a lot of behavior, but I think we tend to forget modeling the the mistakes and the yes. apologies, you know, I mean, yes. and showing them that, hey, this is, we're modeling this behavior. This is okay to be like, hey, I'm genuinely sorry to your mom for whatever, or to you for whatever. Yes. And that just goes into that category of showing them how to interact with people as they get older. Yes, absolutely. And showing them how to humble themselves because it is so easy. And I know this from experience. It is so easy to go into lecture mode to kind of save your save face a little bit. Like, I'm sorry I did that, but you need to understand that when I yeah. say go, it's time to go. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just easier. And we think that we're, we're cementing some core memory into them. They don't care. They're not <laughs> listening. It doesn't make them feel any better. You know, when an apology you walk away, you're like, I just didn't, I don't know. I don't feel any better. It's because it was sorry, but you got to know that when I say get your shoes, that's yep. what I mean. It's empty. So yeah, exactly. To show them a genuine apology where you're swallowing a little bit of your pride is is a strength. It is not a weakness. Right. An apology without saying, but you should have, or I wanted you, or you is. need to. I think that let's yank that butt out of there and be genuine about it. Because how many times have your girls said, okay, I'm sorry, but she started it. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. But so it's like, well, that's, yes, we all do it. We all want to be heard. What's the phrase? We're all, um, we're all judges for others and lawyers for ourselves. Like we all want to state our case. And there's so much strength and 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 enlightenment in not constantly just going around spewing your case at people and just going, mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry. I I could I could I we could sit here into the night for reasons that I think that that happened, but I just <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm right. genuinely sorry. Own up to it and just no. squash it. Game changer. And guess what? Doesn't come easy for me. No. At 
all <laughs> at all. And my husband will probably, though he's too nice, will be the first one to tell you. Because when you grow up kind of always feeling like everything's your fault, mm-hmm. you think I'd be good at it. I'm just sick of apologizing. So I I never got good at, I mean, I, well into my adulthood, which is now getting good at saying, nobody's browbeating you. You're not, you're not in a time machine. You genuinely screwed up. Like this is now, you know, because I, you know, I, I think it's fairly obvious. Like I'm kind of a people pleaser and I hate confrontation, but also like, me too. yeah. Yep. And I think a lot of kids who are in a divorce, you know how people say, um, that kid is just such an old soul. He's such an old soul. A lot of those times it's because they've experienced trauma and they're mm. looking for danger cues. Okay. So I was always told I was an old soul and I'm so mature for my age. And I had great parents. I still have great parents. And I love I love my dad. To the, I love him still, even though he passed. I love yeah. my mom is my best friend. But I was surrounded with danger cues that none of us understood. Mm-hmm. So I I'm ready to eat all that shame all the time. And I'm also really pissed about it. So I'm not a great apologizer. So to see my husband call my stepson into the room to genuinely apologize to me, it gives me the safety net to be able to do the same. And I'm sorry. I don't know how this question or conversation started, but thank you for letting me get that off my chest. It's okay. (laughs) This is a safe place. We can talk about whatever. So (laughs) It's good. So you mentioned the evil stepmom lore that is always depicted in movies and books and pretty much everywhere we look. What can parents kind of do or what do you think they could change to break that kind of image? Besides buy this book. (laughs) That's why I mean, that's why I wrote it. Good. Uh, Besides buy my extra mom available on Amazon on February 21st. Um, I mean, we're we're not going to stop watching Disney movies. Disney mm-hmm. movies are awesome. Yep. But I think like everything else we watch and we take in when kids are around, like if you're watching a super violent movie or there's some cartoon blood splatter or what, whatever, something insane happens, it's a pretty knee jerk reaction to look at your kid and go, you know, that's not real. You know, that doesn't happen in real life. We want to reassure kids that what they're seeing isn't... Uh, immediately going to become their reality. Right. So I don't think it's a bad thing to watch Snow White, you know, terrorize and banish her daughter (laughs) from the kingdom and say, you know, this is a cartoon. And yes, there are bad people in the world, but this is not when when new parents and extra parents come into your life, they they want to be there. So I don't think it's a bad thing to just remind kids that not everything they're viewing or taking in is real. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Just kind of reassure them that you know, this is out there. There's not dinosaurs aren't going to take you off the playground yeah, and, it, and the evil you. stepmom's not going to feed you poison. Exactly. It's, it's not and real. that's and and I always feel like I have to say this. And I wrote I started writing articles on Medium just because I, I do feel like there's just so much inside me that I want to get out saying, you know, sort of in defense of the stepmom. But I do feel like I have to stop down and say, I know people I know people who are very close to me that had truly evil stepmothers hi puppy Mm. i didn't know the door was open um sorry we're puppy sitting um truly evil abusive extreme neglect and i say in this article if that's you knock it off Mm. i'm not you know we're not defending you you're not right for doing that that's that's horrible that's neglect that's abuse and i hope that the children 
heal and get away from you as soon as possible. There, there are always bad apples. They exist. We, some of us know them personally, but for the most part, I think everyone just kind of wants to get through their day. And at the most part, everyone just kind of wants to have like somewhat of a positive impact before they're in the ground. And (laughs) there's a, there's a cross section of women who are married to men with children. And we just want to have a good day. And we just want the kid to get out of this thing unscathed. Right. And that's I think that's most people in most situations. Right. Just have a have a good life and, and everyone yeah. is happy and everyone gets along. And, you know, don't I don't want to say don't rock the boat, but just we just live and we're happy and we don't yeah. there's no problems. And, no... And, and I would imagine I mean, I'm no doctor. I'm far from it. But like if you're if you think your goal on on Earth is to like torture another person, then that's mental illness. Right. I mean, that's. Yeah. That's a that's a, a, a it sounds like mental illness that a symptom of it is evil, you know, being evil. Yeah. And I think most of us are just we make a lot of mistakes, but we don't we don't live there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I looked on Amazon, I know you already talked about this right when we started, but I could not find any books myself. I tried yeah. to look on Amazon and yeah. other places <laughs> to kind of get my bearings and there was nothing out there, despite how high the divorce rate is, despite yep. how many blended families are out there and coming out this topic really needs to be focused on and talked about and it's a really extreme and sensitive scary time for kids and adults and i think this extra guidance that your book is going to provide is uh going to be much appreciated so thank you thank thank you so much for saying that i was i too was astonished at the lack of interest in this subject given that there's what 330 million americans and over half of them have a step relationship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I hope it helps. I hope it's not something that we take for granted cuz like you said, you went through it, I went through it. We're 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 doing a little bit of all right, but yeah. things things could have been easier. Why not make them a little easier? Yep, and it's it's something that's not going to go away. It's, you know, it's no. going to be more and more and we need to embrace it and get the information out there that can help other people navigate this kind of rocky time. Exactly. So before we close out, do you have any little teasers or favorite passages you want to oh. share? Or is it all mums the word? No, I mean, I for, like I said, I mean, well, this is I always turn to this because this is my favorite art. Um, but it's all that's kind of me. That's kind of him. Awesome. Uh, just I, I, I know it, this is radio, but yeah. uh, you saw it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it kind of has this like vintagey vibe. I just I love the art. My my friend Lindsay is just a genius at it. But the one one of the things that I'm most proud of, because the pictures are beautiful and the examples are real from our real life, things that I as an extra mom do with and for my stepson. So like I said, it's it's guidance for new moms to be like, oh, well, I can do that. Like, I didn't think to do that. So, um, you know, we I help with homework. We do science experiments. I cheer at the games. These are these are easy things that will endear you to a new little stranger in a way that really makes them feel showed up for. Mm-hmm. Um, but something else I'm really, really proud of is the sec. there's a second half of the book. And in it are all, I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of get to know you questions for new parents and, you know, step parents and children, all kinds of things. And they're written, they're broken down into sections, silly challenges, um, get to know you go deeper. Those questions are in the yeah. back. Once you've kind of broken the ice, you know, what do you do when you're scared or That's what, awesome. what's the maddest you've ever been? 
And those, so it goes from like, you know, see how long you can keep this balloon in the air because that's a game, that's a fan favorite in this house. And would you rather, um, have have a you know hands where your feet should be or feet where your hands should be they love (laughs) these questions um and just silly things that you can do together where you're having fun and don't even realize like you just did a lot of the hard work Mm -hmm. so the pictures are fun and i hope they inform uh you know things you can do together but the back of the book i think is really we're going to start solidifying that relationship that is i'm i'm super excited um I mean, this this book really speaks to me, and I can't wait for it to come out. I mean, I I wish it was out 35 years ago when I was five. Yeah, I'm same. 40 now. <laughs> you know, I wish I had something like this. And that's I'm I'm really excited to hear you talk about those questions in the backlit. Oh. I mean, I'm not a step parent, but I imagine there's still things in there that I can use, and it's going to give me a a great perspective on you know parenting and kids oh. and all that stuff. So that's thank you, and I even awesome. say in- Thank you. I even say in that section, it's for anyone you want to get to know better. It's fun. It, it literally is fun for the whole family. I just wanted to give a little extra handholding guidance to, um, you know, to step parents. But it, they're questions that we all sit around at the dinner table and ask each other. Because you know what? Sometimes there's not a lot to talk about at the dinner table. And sometimes <laughs> when he doesn't feel like talking about school, he'll just hit us with a, I forgot. So, oh, you know, yeah. it's like you don't want to be, you know, he doesn't want to be grilled. He wants to eat. Mm-hmm. So this can be a fun way to, you know, keep the keep the conversation moving and have everyone have fun. And my guess is your kids either know or are about to know um, kids with blended families. So this isn't just for the kids that it affects firsthand. It's the second hand, because like I said, we just explained, well, but he has two dads. Where's his mom? I'm like, you know what? Because I kind of talked to him like an adult, which maybe mm-hmm. I should, you know, put a little <laughs> extra like, uh, you know, clown horn in and like make a funny voice but i'm like yeah some people have two dads some people have two moms some people have this some people have that look what you have you have two moms you want to like so um so it's it's for other people who aren't in the situation to explain relationships that the little one sees like oh so they have an extra mom but they also go to the basketball games okay mm-hmm. it's just for everyone to get more comfortable with this subject and leave the evil queen on the disney channel <laughs> Right. That's good to normalize it. And just yeah. to, it's normal. It's not like you said, normal it's to have normal. two dads. It's normal. Even my eight year old has come home and I was telling her that I was going to have this conversation with you and that you wrote this book. And and she said, oh, yeah, there's a there's a boy in my class that has his parents are divorced. And she she knows. And I said, do you know what divorce means? And and she kind of did. But she knew that they didn't you know, his mom and dad were not together anymore. Right. So she had an idea. So I right. think. I'm going to benefit from it 110% and read it to my child and, and show them, you know, about the other families that are out there and normalize it even more. Oh, that warms my heart. Thank you so much. And I like, like we talked about earlier, you and I grew up, you know, being in eighties and nineties, divorced children, feeling like the other and -hmm. having like kind of a little shame cloak around us. And I think, you know, if this is, you know, the word gets thrown around. I'd never heard it until I became well into my adult years, but like allyship and what's it like to be an ally? And of course, that's talked about mostly uh, in terms of gay parents and and, mm-hmm. and supporting, you know, the gay community or, you know, and that's that's where it started. That's okay. that's exactly where it should be. Mm-hmm. But like be an ally to your little friend who might be going through a transition with in their home. It's it they're take they're going home and they're not just taking their backpack off and like having a great time it's 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 hard and they grow up a little faster so why not just make it easier for everybody 
hundred percent, hundred percent agree. All right, Gina. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me today and really opening up about this, you know, very intimate kind of subject in your life and giving us a preview of your book. Thank you very much. Oh, this has been so wonderful. I really, really appreciate it. And again, it's called My Extra Mom, and it will be available on Amazon on February 21st. February 21st. That's coming up in just a few days as this episode airs. So you mentioned writing more books. Do you have anything uh, upcoming projects or anything else that you're working on you want to tease or not really? Um, I'm almost afraid to because they're so far off because the the artwork... <laughs> takes so long because she does it by hand mm. and my and the stories take so long because they're revised so much that I'm a I'm afraid to say something and not have it end up being what I'm here when I'm promoting but I will say that it is a series and um you know like I said uh, one of my best friends is foster to adopt one of my best friends uh has basically is the godmother to her nephews and doesn't have kids and there's just so many ways to show up for kids where we want to include everybody that's amazing that's that's awesome looking forward to it if you ever want to come and plug more and and promote some of your stuff or come on here and have a conversation about parenting. Um, I would love to do this again with you. You are at the top of the list because you are so easy to talk to. So thank thank you you. for making this such a great experience. Thank you. Thank you very much. So the book is My Extra Mom, February 21st, coming out this next Tuesday. So please check it out. Get it in your cart. Get it on the top of the reading list. Get it on Amazon's, you know, top 10, New York Times, whatever it takes. Let's uh, <laughs> thank you. Let's make this thing sail. So. And if you don't mind, um, apparently it's really important and I'm supposed to say this. Put a little little nice review up there. It, it Amazon goes, oh, people like this. So, yeah, just put, give me a little five star. Give me a little. This was helpful. Or if you like it, go ahead and, and let them know because it'll make a difference uh, in how it's positioned on the website. Perfect. Yes. Don't don't forget the reviews as well. And if you want to check out more Gina, you can check her out on her Twitter at Gina Grad or over on Instagram at Gina Grad as well. And you do cameo too, right? I do. They're super fun. Um, literally just like if you want me to, I don't know, do whatever you want for a couple of bucks. I, I you know, <laughs> and I'm not even going to say that came out wrong because I've done every <laughs> insane voice. I've sung. I do all kinds of stuff. If you have like a little birthday message or something you want to send to someone or to yourself, I've done those too. Just I love it. find me on Cameo. I'm, I'm happy to do them. They're fun. Perfect. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Stay at Home Dads podcast. Remember, tell a friend, spread the word, let them know that they can get this podcast on all the big streaming services and tell them to go buy Gina's book when you're at it. So, all right. Thanks again, Gina. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody else. I'll talk to you next week.